This is Live Well Talk on COVID-19. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at United Point Health, St. Luke's. Uh, this week, I'm going to talk about uh, change in masking guidance, the what we're seeing in COVID-19, and also we'll have an addition of the mailbag applicable to COVID-19 at the end. Well, what we're seeing in the hospital is single-digit COVID-19 patients. Um, that is something I said, if uh, Ernie from Sesame Street can count on one hand the number of COVID patients you have, that's a good thing. And uh, so uh, we are really excited about that. We continue to be busy with other medical surgical stuff because we talked about the tsunami of healthcare that uh, is uh, rolled in uh, or swooped in uh, following the shutdowns last year. And, and we've discussed that previously. This week, there's been a lot of changes. One, seems like you know the the focus has been on obviously the conflict in Europe but uh masking guidance changed from the CDC and and what they did is is good they got away from just the number of cases to the percentage of people that are in the hospital and so that's coming down now the state of Iowa overall is still in high transmission but declining that link county with the new criteria is medium transmission uh, so that means that masking in public places uh, is probably not is not warranted uh, unless you do it by choice, of course, uh, that um, the degree of mitigation that masking will provide usually is on indoor crowded places. And if, if you have a health condition that warrants wearing a mask, uh, you, you, you're at risk for COVID-19 then I think wearing a mask in those situations is a personal choice and, and you should do that. But uh, overall, we can curtail the amount of the mask wearing that we had been doing uh, up until this recent change in guidance. Doesn't apply to the hospitals, nursing homes, or healthcare institutions. Masking is still required. We are coming forward with reducing masking in non-patient care areas, and, and that's with the, the new guidance. But patient care areas, masking will continue. As I've said before, is masking the new gloves, where it's just going to be part of healthcare. There, there is a possibility of that. Uh, I think overall, we'd prefer to uh, see our patients' face again as well as them see ours. An interesting thing did I did note an interesting occurrence on Monday this week, looking at the admission that now seventy percent of the patients admitted to the hospital with COVID nineteen are vaccinated. Now, I think people that take that to mean that the vaccines make you more susceptible is are missing the point. What's happening is that the Omicron uh, variant, as well as the Omicron cousin variant, BA.2, uh, the, the vaccines and the boosters are not effective against uh, that variant. And so people are getting it and the highest risk people are getting in the hospital and the highest risk people have had a previous vaccination. So it's uh, reflecting that. It's not reflecting that the vaccines make you more susceptible. And that's why observational data, like with a pandemic, is always difficult because you have, it's easy to see true that people are vaccinated, true that people are in the hospital, but are they related? Uh, so you say, is it true, true related, true, true unrelated? And that's what uh, ongoing studies are required and observational studies do require some time uh, over time uh, to be validated. And uh, that that is something that uh, will will prove over time. And I think there are a lot of unanswered questions and a lot. We'll know a lot more. We've learned a lot and I will continue to learn uh, with the pandemic.
did read an article this week I thought was of interest that uh, they have a patient. Uh, they've documented 18 years of natural immunity with SARS-1, uh, and uh, that is pre that's another coronavirus. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if we have the same with COVID-2 or SARS-2, COVID-19 over time. Uh, the possibility of sustained natural immunity would be outstanding. Uh, and uh, I think more work is to come on that in a recognition of that component of the immune system and that response will also uh, be coming forth in the in the time. And, and people are talking about natural immunity, and I think we'll be able to codify that in the near future. That's the end of the COVID-19 update. Stick around and we'll be right back with the mailbag. Welcome back to the mailbag. The mailbag is a segment on the podcast where I answer uh, questions submitted from listeners. Uh, and this uh, mailbag edition, it will be several questions related to COVID-19. Our first question is from Benjamin. How many cases of brain damage linked to COVID uh, have you seen? Is the long-term effect only found in those who had severe cases? They are seeing uh, possible brain injury sustained with severe cases of COVID-19. Now, again, we in the podcast that COVID-19 update, we talked about true, true, related or unrelated. So patients do have a degree of brain injury uh, long term. Patients did have severe COVID-19 are the two related. We don't know yet. Maybe it's simply related to acute respiratory distress syndrome, which COVID-19 causes. And we've just seen more of that. But that over time, that will uh, pan out. But it is being recorded uh, even with um, I can't remember what study I read recently. They even had MRI data that was able to measure uh, difference in brain function following a severe COVID-19. And one can imagine, I mean, I've read other articles about uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and other uh, types of uh, uh, illness following extended stays in the intensive care unit. Um, and I think that's an influence on this that might not necessarily be the COVID-19, but just being in the intensive care unit being sick for, for that long. The next question is from Erica. Now that Omicron wave seems to be behind us, do you think this will just become a seasonal virus or do you expect another variant will happen soon? Don't know. Do not know. And every time I've, not every time, most of the time when you try to predict uh, this uh, pandemic and this virus, I, I think that uh, uh, you, you get burnt uh, and you get humbled pretty quickly. Um, there is the possibility of a new variant. Uh, the variants that have come uh, have become less severe over time, maybe greater degree of transmissibility, but less critical illness uh, developing. Uh, whether or not that becomes endemic, it's really gonna determine whether or not there's a source in Asia. So what happens with influenza is that the influenza jumps uh, from animals, uh, particularly like ducks and geese, uh, chickens, maybe I'm not sure on that one, but the, the, the close contact with that gets into the humans and then it circulates and you have this, this seasonal flu. Will COVID-19 become that? I don't know. I do know this, and I, I said that in the, when I compared uh, the top 10, that, um, Influenza and COVID-19 are two different viruses, and I think we've made mistakes when we try to compare the two. And so I do not think it's a given fact that uh, COVID-19 will become endemic and it'll just be a seasonality to it. I do not think 
that is proven at this time. And I'm cautiously optimistic that it won't. Uh, but if it does, I think we know how to treat it. We have new modalities coming out all the time and we'll have uh, uh, protocols to prevent hospitalization uh, and subsequently prevent illness. Our next question is from Lauren. With the CDC loosening their mask guidelines, has this changed the hospital stance on masking at all? The, the CDC changed their guidelines, but CMS uh, did not, the change did not apply to hospitals, healthcare settings, nursing homes, uh, clinics, et cetera. So we still are masking with patient care. Uh, we are starting the process of curtailing masking with non-patient care areas. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see, as I've said previously, whether or not masking becomes the, the new gloves where we just continually mask uh, with uh, um, providing health care. Great questions, as always, keeping me on my toes. And that's the mailbag for today. If you'd like to submit a question in the mailbag, go to unipoint.org backslash mailbag. And that's common spelling of mailbag, M-A-I-L-B-A-G. Uh, we'll be happy to answer about COVID-19, latest technologies or other uh, topics in uh, the news uh, regarding medicine. Obviously, the mailbag does not replace your primary care physician. And if you have a personal illness or uh, concern, you should address that with your primary care physician. If it is an emergency, present to the nearest uh, emergency room, or if the near emergency room is not available, dial 911. Uh, that is unipoint.org backslash mailbag. I look forward to hearing from you, our amazing listeners. Thank you for listening to the COVID-19 update for the latest COVID-19 information, including uh, vaccine information and booster information, and more, visit unipoint.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.